This is our culture. This is where we come from. And it's hard for us to look upon God as someone who is actually going to forgive me when I screw up. Because when I look at God, I see a demanding, harsh taskmaster. I see a God that says, I saved you, but now you have to be humble and hardworking and you have to prove your worth. God says, I just want to love you. I just want to forgive you. I want to heal your brokenness. Look at this description. He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Wow. That is so un-Chinese, isn't it? I remember one time I, I was, I was uh, back from school and uh, visiting my parents. I was about 27, 28 at the time. Oh, my gosh. I'd been on my own for years. My mom and I got into this big argument. And she said, you know, Timmy. I hate it when she calls me Timmy. You know, Timmy, you're just like that. And you've been that way ever since you were seven. I was like, whoa, woman, you need some counseling, all right? I, was, I didn't say that. No. No, I didn't say that. I thought that. I didn't say that. If I said it, I wouldn't be here, all right? I'd be dead. But somehow, I don't even know what it was. I asked her, what did I do? I was like almost incredulous. I almost laughed at her, which kind of made her even more mad. You know, mom, what, what did I do when I was seven? She couldn't answer me because that brought her so much pain. She had carried it all those years. And she remembered, God's not that way. My brother, my sister, God's not like that. When he says he wants to forgive, he really, really, really wants to forgive. I adore my children. I think that they are the most adorable, beautiful things ever created. And it breaks my heart when I have to spank my son. And as soon as we can, we get to the point where I ask him, can you give daddy a kiss? Can daddy kiss you? Because we love being together. And sure, there are times when he gets out of line and he's rebellious and he's difficult and I need the discipline. But as fast as we can, as desperately as I can, I want to get back to the point where I can love him and kiss him and tell him how proud I am of him. And God is like that, but a million. Do you understand? He's not picking fault with you. He doesn't have a whole book of all your wrongs. He just wants you to come back and to love on you. Let's finish. Number three, following God's plan for my life. F word, forget. Right? F word, forgive. And this third F word, following, following his plans for my life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God wants the best for me, but I need to embrace that plan. Now, how do you feel when someone says, hey, I've got big plans for you? Hmm? How do you feel? I've got big plans for you. Depends who says it, right? If you're visiting your folks or some of you still living at home, it's a hot 100 degree day. You live out in the burbs, hot 100 degree day. Your dad comes in all sweaty and dirty, leaves in his hair or what's left of his hair. And he says, oh, son, I got big plans for you. <laughs> or he's cleaning out the garage. And he's all filthy. And he says, oh, I got big plans for you. How do you feel? Maybe not so good, right? Because you think his plans for you is cleaning out the garage. Or his plans for you is helping him with the yard work. But, but what if, what if Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, not Joe Spielberg, but Steven Spielberg and, and, and George Lucas see you, say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, wow, <laughs> you are the face, you are the face for the new Star Wars movie, we have a very special role, it's a guy, he's the savior of the galaxy, he's half, half Asian and half Italian, we're going to call him Udon Wan Tan Kanoi, right? <laughs> and you're the man. You've got Wan Tan Kanoi all over you, man. <laughs> I've got big plans for you. Now, that's different, right? That's a big difference than your dad wanting you to help him with the yard work. God. Much bigger than Steven Spielberg, much bigger than George Lucas, says, I know the plans I have for you. And these plans are what? To prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. When I was a kid, I thought the last thing I wanted to do was to trust God with my life. Because why? I thought he would ruin it. Oh, being a Christian is boring. You know, I knew the kind of car I wanted to drive. I knew all the, you know, the kind of girls I wanted to chase. You know, I knew the kind of lifestyle I wanted to live. And the last thing I wanted to do was to be a Christian or a serious Christian. Little did I know that God's plan is the best. And his plans are to prosper me, to give me a hope and a future. Listen. If you aren't living your life for Jesus Christ, you have no idea what real life is like. You don't. You have no idea the freedom. You have no idea the confidence. You have no idea the power. You have no idea the sense of victory. You have no idea the sense of challenge. You have no idea what it's like to get into spiritual battle and to come out on top and to see God use you in powerful, life-changing ways. It is the biggest rush. It is the most meaningful and fulfilling and satisfying life. You have no idea what the secret of contentment is like. Because 
I don't believe you can have true victory, true celebration, true love. You can know true forgiveness. I don't believe you can know true contentment or new, true fulfillment without living God's life, without total surrender. It can't happen. You know why? Because you weren't made. You and I were not made to live autonomous lives. You and I were not made to live without God. And because of that, you and I will only feel right, correct, proper. Everything will function only when we are properly connected to God. Does that make sense? This thing is useless without that thing. <laughs> right? Heck, you could put a box in front of it and it's like useless. We found that out, right? The clicker has got to be hooked up. Otherwise, it's useless. It means nothing. And we don't know what real life is until we get connected to God. Lastly, receiving him now and enjoying him forever. Receiving him now and enjoying him forever. When I was a child, um, went to VBS, much like your day camp, and I stayed at a friend's house, and it was a lot of fun. We went to the candy store, and one of his favorite candies during that time was something. I don't even know if they make it anymore. You probably have to order it online at a specialty shop. It was something called a now and later. You guys know now and later? And that's like old school, man. Back in the day, you know, candy. All right, what was the now and later? Those of you who had it, what, what is it? It's probably nasty. You know, as adults, we eat it. It's like, whoa, you know. But, but as kids, it's like, whoa. What, what is it? You remember? It's like a super hard starburst, right? Super hard. It's like taffy. It's like really hard taffy. Taffy is like a plasticky kind of, you know, chewy thing. Thing. That's hard at, when it's cold, it's hard, and then when you put it in your mouth and warm it up, and then it gets all, you know, you can chomp on it, all right? And it's fruity, it's like really overly sweet and sour, but as kids, you know, oh man, we thought it was the best thing. Now, it was cool because it was called what? It was called a now and later. Why? Because the thing, the thing was so tough and so indestructible that you pop it in your mouth now, and, and half an hour from now, it's still there, right? You could chew on it, chew on it, chew on it, and you enjoy it now, and you enjoy it later. And it had like at least five in the pack, right? So, man, you could get chocolate, and chocolate was so crazy good, but chocolate would be gone, right? In five minutes, it's like, oh. And then you're like, I miss chocolate, right? <laughs> or you get it now and later. And then now and later would keep you all through the boring speaker. Jesus. It's like the best now and later, okay, you could ever have. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. You know, God's greatest desire is not to condemn you but to love you. I'll finish. I went long. I'll finish here with a story. Um, 
I went to seminary and back in the day, and when I went to seminary, you know, I was really gung-ho on fire for the Lord. But, you know, as with anyone else, you know, you're not perfect. You, you grow. You develop in your Christian life. You gain new insight. You go, even when wanting to do things for God, you know, you still got your bumps and bruises. You still got your hang-ups. You still got your baggage. And so part of my baggage was that I was very grateful to God for saving me, but I felt I could prove to him that in saving me, he got himself a, a good deal. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't save myself for sure. But man, I'm going to prove to God, wow, you know, I'm your number one son here, right? I'm going to overachieve, man. I was a failure in math, but wow, watch out. I'm going to get straight in this Christian stuff. And I so wanted God to use me in some powerful way. And so I was really touched. I was really blessed by this book that one of my professors wrote. So I go and see the professor during his office hours. And I talk to him about the book. And I kind of shine his shoes a little bit, you know. And, and oh, what a blessing it is. And, and, and I left. And I said, oh, sir, you know, what a blessing it must have been to be used by God to Touch so many people's lives through this book. So awesome. But he was a smart man. He was a wise man. And he saw through that statement. And I turned to leave and he said, oh, but Tim. And I turned and looked at him. Tim, please remember that God didn't save you to serve him. God saved you to love you. I turned, I opened the door, and I walked down the hall, and tears were just streaming down my face because that old guy had hit the nail right on the head. He knew that my self-worth was in service to God, that I wanted to, to serve God more than anything, and there's nothing wrong with serving God, but I would never find what I was looking for. Because God had not saved me so I could serve him. God saved me to be an object of his love. Isn't that awesome? And the sooner we can begin to uncover that and accept that and implement that in our lives, the sooner we can serve God with a full heart. We can live the Christian life with victory. We can love God and other people genuinely. And we can forgive. And we can have that passionate desire for him. Remember, we love him because why? Because he first loved us. You see? You can't manufacture love for God. You can only look at his love for, for you. And say, wow, you are an awesome God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how I pray that over the next couple of days.